I am so excited. Every time I get, every time I start a podcast, a podcast, I genuinely get excited about the way God is going to move. Um, sometimes I plan my podcasts in advance, and then sometimes I just allow God to speak through me. That's not to say that I don't go throughout the week earnestly searching God, <laughs> earnestly searching uh, searching for the Lord um, in hopes that he will reveal things to me about my personal life or just being open enough to receive anything that he's saying, whether it has to do with me or about my family or about the world. You know, and this week, God really pressed it upon my heart that that Jesus died on the cross for the world, you know, not just me. Sometimes we can be a little bit self-centered. Um, and that's not to say that caring about oneself is not a good thing. But when caring about yourself, the motive of caring about yourself is wrapped around worry, anxiety, um, fear, that is when you have to take a step back and remember that no matter what you're afraid of, no matter your worries, that God is in control, you know? And like all, if not most, emphasis on all, um, all of us who have come to know who God is knows that we are loved by God. And when we partnered with God, when we agreed that the Lord died on the cross for our sins, when we agreed to fling the door open and let God in, um, one of the things that God promises to all of us, and for those of you who may not have known this, but one of the things God promises to all of us is to take care of us, to not worry, to not be anxious, to not be afraid, you know, like these things can become, these emotions can become idols. And we are not to make fear our God. We are not to make anxiety our God. God is the one true, only powerful, omnipotent, first and last God ever. And when you partner with God, you literally say goodbye to those idols of anxiety, the idol of fear. You may not even have realized that that's something that you can idolize. It becomes a habit. You remain, you get so comfortable with this illusion of being afraid, of being anxious about all the things that are happening to your life happening in your life you become cynical about it you become cynical about everything you know like my life has always been bad therefore it shall always be bad but we rebuke that in the name of Jesus when you partner with God you don't claim that anymore you don't claim that you're not going to be able to make it through you don't claim that you're going to fail you don't claim that whatever circumstance or whatever person is going to take hold of you, is going to capture you. You don't take claim of that. 
You don't take claim of fear that whatever it is that you are desiring, you know, if it is if it is the Lord's will that you're not going to get it, you don't take claim of those things. You know, I'm coming I'm coming in I'm coming in hot, y'all. <laughs> That's not necessarily how you want to start a podcast, but I truly want the Lord to to use me as a vessel. And th that's def definitely what I've been receiving this week. You know, like, don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. Don't feel rushed. Don't feel like you have to do something in a certain amount of time. Don't feel pressured to do anything because someone is telling you that it has to be done or because a circumstance, a deadline is coming up, do not feel unnecessary worry. Do not feel unnecessary pressure. You're going to have to give it to God. That that's, that's one of the reasons why you partnered with God. Because you have acknowledged that you are weak. You have acknowledged that your flesh is weak. Your mind is weak. You have acknowledged that you are just human. And you know what is amazing about God is that he can see all things. He can see the minds of people, the ones that believe in him and the ones that don't, the ones that he has been calling to and the ones that refuse to answer. He knows all things. So if you're worried about something, Give it to God, because I'm pretty sure he already knows how it's about to go down. He knows what next week is going to look like. He knows what you need to get whatever needs to be done in his will done. All right, so let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for giving me the grace to sit here. Thank you for giving us all the grace to sit here and to receive your word. I pray, Lord God, that you will open our hearts, a.k.a. opening our ears, opening our minds, opening our eyes, Lord, so that we can receive what's coming out of this scripture, so that we can receive what's coming out of this scripture and apply it practically to our everyday lives. We need you now more than ever, God. Have mercy upon us. We come to you asking for forgiveness. Forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. Help us to have mercy upon those who do not deserve it. Teach us how to love God. Teach us, help our unbelief. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We believe that we have victory. We don't know how it's going to come. Some days our belief is a little bit more stronger than others, but we believe, Father God, as we have partnered with you, as we take your hand as we are sons and daughters of the kingdom, that we will inherit your promise and all the things that you have for us in the midst of that promise. 
We thank you, God, for our daily bread. We thank you, God, for our bodies, the fact that we can even sit here and listen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Help us to not take anything for granted. In the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, the praise and the honor goes to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. John 7, verse 45. Unbelief of the Jewish leaders. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards replied. You mean he has deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted. Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? No. But this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who has one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Then they all went home. Then they all went home. John 8. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he, que he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is, without, who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Dispute over Jesus' testimony. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of the life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid, Jesus answered. Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I come from and where I am going. But you have no idea where you come from or where you are going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. 
I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Dispute over who Jesus is. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? They asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who has sent me is trustworthy. And what I have heard from him, I'll tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed. Dispute over whose children Jesus' opponents are. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the man sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you that what I have seen in the father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did no such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are legitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself, Jesus said to them. If God were your father, you would love me for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any, uh, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Jesus claims about himself. 
The Jews answered him, aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. As they exclaim, now we know that you are demon possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father, Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, who you claim is your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50, 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. John 9. Jesus heals a man born blind. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Shalom. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Shalom and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked. I don't know, he said. The Pharisees investigate the healing. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still do not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is, how is it that now he can see? 
We know he is our son, the parents asked, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. A second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner, he replied. Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see, they asked him. What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple? We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of, of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Spiritual blindness. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. The man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what? Are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. John 10. The Good Shepherd and His Sheep. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. 
So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it back up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Further conflict over Jesus' claims.